Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. In this episode, we continue the conversation about biblical stewardship principles. So we make an honest attempt to define what exactly a steward is and why it should matter to us today. We also discuss how important it is to look at opportunities and blessings in your life, as well as the bad circumstances with an attitude of gratitude. So if you're looking to make thoughtful and responsible investment decisions in real estate, and you want to take the first step, Mark and I are always happy to chat. I find that Mark especially likes to chat. But anyways, more info and links to previous episodes can be found on our show page at twostewards.ca. That's T-W-O stewards.ca. To interact with the show and give us your super valuable feedback, we would really appreciate that. Reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. And without further ado, let's get into it. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Two Stewards Show. My name is Brent. I'm here with Mark. Uh, actually, I'm not here. Mark is. Yeah, thanks, Mark. <laughs> Mark is far away uh, from me, but we are connected via technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankful for that. To talk about biblical stewardship. And this is really important because. Uh, Last time, we talked a little bit about the context we live in. Uh, As investors, we live in a world that's filled with sin. Um, And obviously, Mark and I shared a little bit about our uh, Christian faith, our background. Um, We touched on that. And today, we want to talk a little bit more about defining biblical stewardship. So what does, first of all, what does a steward mean? Like, what is a steward? And then... um, Within the biblical framework, what uh, are some um, pieces of advice, things that we can learn and glean from biblical stewardship? And what are some principles that we can have in place when we're going out and we're making financial decisions so we can make wise financial decisions? Maybe that's the entire goal of this podcast, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. I also want to know who was steward and why is he in a ship? <laughs> oh, we gotta get that. We gotta take that button away from you. I don't know. <laughs> I discovered a soundboard, and uh, yeah, yeah, maybe I should close that. But uh, yeah, you're right. Stu- uh, we gotta we gotta talk about stewardship because that is our whole. Um, I don't know. Raison d'être. It's our you yeah, know why it's... we're doing what we're doing. Um, because we're stewards. So, and we alluded to this last episode as well, right? We don't get into all of this on every episode. Some episodes, we're just getting right into a real estate strategy, but this is sort of our foundation, what's in the back of our heads. Um, and yeah, for, so maybe for like, the way that we look at things. So just to start off, like, what is a steward? Cause I like people will say, what's your website or like, what's your company called? And like I say, good stewards is like, okay. Uh, how do you spell that? And like they think it's steward. <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe the word Stuart steward little. is not that common. Uh, we don't use it that much in everyday language. Um, but I no. think it, people generally understand what a steward is. But maybe we just define uh, not what a does. steward is. Well, so yeah, a steward is someone that's entrusted with someone else's um, stuff. I guess. So generally, that could be a household. It could be property. So biblically, 
uh, a steward would run his master's house. He would generally take care of all the business affairs and sometimes domestic affairs as well. Um, and so if we look at our lives, yeah, we have different areas of stewardship. So, you know, the one that we're talking about is, is primarily financial, but you can't sort of separate that from the other areas, right? We're both fathers. So we have children and we don't often talk about being stewards for children, but at the end of the day, they're not our children. They're fellow saints. They're God's children. They're brothers and sisters in Christ and we are stewarding them. Um, and we have, you know, certain obligations. So we have, uh, we have a responsibility for what happens to them and we have authority over them as well. Just like a steward would have responsibility over his master's household. Like he would have a very, a a great amount of authority, um, to, and, and also trust obviously to run that, uh, that household. Um, and I mean, if people aren't familiar with the biblical example, Anyone who's watched like the Lord of the Rings, you have uh, the right the stewards of Gondor. So this was uh, the line of people that kind of watched over the throne of Gondor until the uh, the the true king could return. And um, you know, Tolkien had some pretty strong biblical themes in his writings, and that's kind of borne out there as well, right? But the idea is that these this family. This line was kind of watching over this uh, this kingdom, taking care of it in the absence of um, the the one of the true heirs, right? The true the king. actual owner. Yeah, the one who yeah who actually uh, had the rightful authority to uh, to rule. And you know the problem there was yeah. that they they got uh, ahead of themselves and really viewed the kingdom as their own. Right. Instead of just theirs to take care of, it was now their kingdom. They didn't want to give up um, the authority for that kingdom and, and all the, the benefits that accrued to it. And that's kind of like us as well. Right. We too often yeah. view our possessions, our lives, our children, anything that's in our lives as our own and not belonging to God. And so in our context, when we're talking about stewardship, we're talking about financial stewardship and, um, yeah, everything that we have, we kind of look at like, well, I worked hard for that. Right. I worked hard and I saved and I invested wisely, whatever the case may be, that's mine. And, uh, God says, no, it's, it's not yours. It can all be taken away in an instant. Yeah. Like the important thing to remember is that, um, like a steward, the action that the steward is doing, like he's, he's managing or he's supervising or he's uh, looking after things. Right. Um, And he's doing all of these things uh, on somebody else's property or on behalf of somebody else. Um, So you're, yeah, you're doing all of these things, but you're really taking care of someone else's possessions, someone else's money. And if you think about that with your life, and we, we know the perspective that we have is, you know, all of the things that we have are gifts. Okay. So also our money is a gift um, that we've been given by God. So really, and, and like you said too, it's, it's God's money. It's, and um, you gave the example of children, like it's God's children. Like these are, these are things that are entrusted to us and into our care. So how do we uh, manage them? How do we supervise them? How do we uh, look after them? Um, it's in that context that they do not belong to us. 
And I always think back to one example when I was a kid because um, it's kind of stuck with me because we would go to the library and get library books, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had this book, like this book box, this wicker basket thing beside our couch. We put all the books in, right? So like they get mixed up. We get library books and you get some of your own books or whatever and other siblings' books in there. And we would jump off of the couch into the box, right? Just because <laughs> it's fun. So my yeah. mom would always say like, you know, guys, like those aren't your books. Like you have to show respect for them, right? And it's like, it's okay to treat your own books however you'd want to treat them. But you know, it's the library books. Like you got to take these things back and they better be in better shape than when you got them. So it always kind of stuck in the back of my head just as an example of um, living that out. Like it's not your stuff, right? And that like, that's a library book. So it's not the greatest consequence, but like if someone entrusts you like, you know, anything, their car, right? How are you going to take it back? Are you going to fill it up with gas and clean it? And here you go. Um, you know, are you gonna, you know, I just got a little bit of a scuff on it the other day when I drove it past this thing and it's empty, but you can fill it up and you know, it's a little bit yeah. dirty. Like, how do you treat other people's stuff? And uh, like, as a steward, uh, in the biblical context, that actually applies to everything in your life because technically everything yeah. is given to you, so that's the way you should look at everything you have, right? Or you are while you're talking here. <laughs> Yeah, and how do you view those things in your life then, right? Because people, we, you know, we make idols all the time. Right? I think John Calvin said our, our hearts are idol factories. And um, you can easily see that with wealth, where people turn that into an idol. And, and the, you know, the Bible talks about mammon and how you can actually serve mammon, right? You're, you're serving your own uh, earthly... Um, wealth, but that also can apply to other things in your lives, right? Like your spouse or your children, right? People will elevate their children to idle status and, uh, and overdo it with them. Um, and, uh, or, or if you have that ideal and then your children or maybe your spouse doesn't live up to it, well, then you need to go find one that actually does live up to those, you know, to, to idle status, something that you can actually, you know, if they're not reaching that, then you find someone else that does, um, your wealth, you saying, but even wait, ourselves, you're, you're not recommending that we go and find, no, I don't recommend you do that. Okay. Let's just <laughs> clarify this, that. You know, when we're talking about stewardship, we, we lose fact of the, the idea that it's not ours. And then we can end up worshiping that thing that we're supposed to be stewarding, serving. Right. Yeah, so we do that with yeah. wealth and, and even ourselves, right? That's, yeah. that's sort of the biggest idol we can have is our own selves. Our yeah. lives are not our own. They were bought at a price. So like you said, we need to take care of them and, um, yeah. and realize that they're not our own, but we, you know, we forget that very quickly and everything becomes about us. I think us. the other thing too, is that, um, like it takes, it takes work to do that, right? Like if, if your life is not your own, you have to, or um, you've been blessed with money or you've been blessed with like a good job and a nice family or whatever, like those are all blessings and you can kind of enjoy them. But then also like you have to work to actually steward things. And that requires a bit of educate. Like you, you gotta be out there kind of 
building and flexing those muscles like we talked about before, right? Like if you have, if you are intellectually inclined and you want to study or whatever, like flex those muscles, learn things, mm-hmm. grow, right? There's so many opportunities. And then like, if you're, uh, you know, skilled, like you want to work in trades or, uh, use your skills that way and you've been blessed that way, um, then do those things and work and try and learn and hone those skills and get better and better and better. Right. And then yeah. you can be of service to more and more people as well. And uh, so here's something a little bit counterintuitive, right? We often talk about blessings and we always uh, associate blessings with positive things, right? So if I work hard, God blesses my work, um, I'll see results. And generally that means like I'll make money or I will be blessed with children or blessed with uh, a good spouse or, you know, good health, all these things. Um, but God doesn't just bless us with the positive things that we, that we talk about, right? It could be financial hardship or it could be sickness or it could be other circumstances in your life um, that God blesses you with. And it's still, it's so hard for us to understand that, right? If we have sickness until you've been through it and you talk to someone who's been through some of these things and they have a good view on it that uh, this was a blessing in my life and this is what I needed at that time, maybe to strengthen my relationship with God or maybe as an example to other people of how to live while having, maybe it's a chronic illness or going through financial hardship or whatever else, right? So we don't, we don't think of these things as blessings and we certainly don't think of them as things to steward either. And this, this is not really the point of our podcast, right? We're talking about <laughs> taking care of generally of financial resources <laughs> that we've been given. But I just want to make that point that um, there are different ways of stewarding your blessings and they're not always what you think. And um, yeah. I mean, that that is a lesson in real estate investing as well. When you talk to a seasoned real estate investor, most of them have made mistakes. Most of them have lost money. And, you know, they will freely acknowledge, like, this is how I got better. So you yeah. use those things to your advantage and, and hopefully to the advantage of other people. So that's part of the reason we're doing the podcast too, right? We can share some of our failures and the things that we've uh, learned so that hopefully other people don't do them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just want to make that point that, there's all kinds of different blessings and all kinds of different things that you can uh, steward. Yeah. And there's definitely like when people share what they've been through, what they, what mistakes they've made and you can avoid uh, those. Um, and the other thing too, is if somebody like we all do make mistakes, right? Like you can't, unless Mark, I don't know. I mean, you most of us make, yeah, most of, yeah. well, most <laughs> of us make mistakes. <laughs> And so when, when you kind of show your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses, like it starts to build, uh, you know, trust and people can see, Hey, you know what? Like I can do this too, because, um, you know, I would have made that same mistake. I could totally see what happened there. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. You know, I'd love to pick your brain and, um, you know, maybe we can do something together and, um, yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there are, there's spiritual benefits, but so often we see that when there's a spiritual benefit to something is, is often followed by a material or a physical benefit and not in the sense of, um, 
you know, God will bless you. Like we talked about that already, prosperity gospel. He will bless you financially if you do X. But um, often a lot of this stuff is just common sense as well, right? So if you do the right thing, that is the right thing. And uh, practically speaking, it has uh, positive effects in your life, right? Yeah, I think that's important to highlight too, is that uh, like as a steward, um, you make thoughtful decisions, right? And responsible investments. So if you're managing someone else's wealth, like you gave the biblical example of a, a steward in Bible times who maybe is, uh, has a master and he kind of just says, you know what, manage my entire uh, household, my estate or all my affairs. Um, and you have a, a, tremendous, a tremendous amount of responsibility and, um, you know, that, that means that you have, like, you have this responsibility. You also have to take, uh, responsible decisions then, right? Like you're going to, uh, weigh the pros and the cons. You're going to educate yourself and try and find out, uh, is this the right decision? Is this the wrong decision? Um, and you put a lot of thought into it. Um, and that's a good approach, right? Like a, a good, uh, sound approach to investing is to, um, not be rash, so, cause on the, so on the one hand we have, you know, not doing anything is kind of frowned upon. And on the other hand, yep. we have doing something quickly and without thinking, without proper consideration. Um, that's the other extreme, right? And we want to, we want to kind of be in the middle where we're taking prudent action. Like we're doing things, we're stewarding well, like as in we're not squandering something. We're not just idly sitting by and letting things uh, happen to us, but on the other hand, we're we're also not over. Um, sorry, we're also taking. Uh, so we're taking action, but we're also uh, not. Um... <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going overboard and being too risky, right? Yeah, like we're not just going out there and you know, let's buy the first house we see. Like in the context of real estate investing, like you know, yeah. I heard we could get rich quick doing this, right? And uh, without doing property yeah so yeah exactly and then the yeah Um, i guess the other thing that ties in with this is um how we talked about this before as well but uh the inclinations of your heart being generous towards other people and um you know if you uh a big part of stewardship is um being generous, being prepared to give, because uh, realizing that, you know, we are stewarding these things on behalf of someone, right? So if, if God has entrusted us our money, for example, um, you know, it's ultimately his. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we should manage it in a way um, that acknowledges his wishes. So and what is one of his wishes is that we be generous and giving kind, like willing to share. Right. So, um, if, if we're just stewards of the wealth we have, um, you know, we have to use it according to how the master wants us to. And that's a tough thing to do because it's so easy to think like I've come up with this myself. Like if you put in work and you get paid, like it's so like, it's, it's an earthly perspective to think I've done this work. I got paid. It's mine. And I don't want yeah. to give it to anybody. I don't want like, but that's a an unbiblical way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. You're you're entrusted with somebody else's uh, 
wealth or possessions or whatever it is. It's not yours. And yeah, we read that God loves a cheerful giver. And there's two things in there, right? One is giver. So that means God loves it when we give. And uh, just, you know, in the same way, if if you... Um, if you're giving your child an allowance, maybe they're too young to work, but they get an allowance, right? If they are giving at church, if they putting some of that money into the collection like that, you know, that's beautiful to see, right? Or if they, you know, maybe not at church, but um, fundraising for something, you know, for a worthy cause. And when your kids are like being selfless and, and, and giving some or maybe all of their money, away to that cause like that's that's awesome to see so that's that's the giving part and then the other word in there is cheerful and so not begrudging not miserly right not like oh okay i'll do it because i have to but i don't really want to we know that like god wants our hearts he doesn't need our money he doesn't need any of that stuff it's all his anyways but uh, what he really wants is our heart so we need to be to have a good attitude about doing that and um, I think you need to be content with what you have, with what God, whatever circumstances you're in. And you can certainly work hard to, to better those or to change those. Um, but if you're not generally just content with life, whether you're rich or poor, then... Yeah, whether um, you have a lot or whether you have a little, um, be content with what you have. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, um, yeah but then... Cont- uh, Contentment is uh, is definitely what we need to have, but it's also like if you're content and you take that to mean, you know, I'm not going to do anything, then now we're going yeah, back to... <laughs> complacent is not content. Yeah. Right? The so only reason you can really... make that clear. Yeah. I mean, like the only real reason for contentment would be to know that this life is just its a shadow of the one that's to come. So that whatever right. happens to you doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. You need to you need to praise God any way you can. Um, but that's really the source of true contentment, right? When you're just, you're not worried about it. You can think about it. You can act on it. You can be responsible. But if you're not truly not worried about it, then... Um, that's true contentment, I think. And, um, and then it's so much easier to deal with the rest of, uh, all the rest of problems that, uh, that life throws at you. And yeah, like like you said, don't be complacent. Yeah. Investing in money is only one small part of life. I mean, it's important. And, uh, like you and I, we spend a lot of time in this realm thinking about it and talking to people about it and, um, in our business, but, um, yeah, it's only one small piece of life, right? There's so many different aspects to life that if you're not content across the board in your eternal uh, future, then, um, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. No, <clears throat> sir. So, um, um, okay, so did we cover stewardship, do you think? I think we uh, defined uh, that fairly yeah. clearly. I mean, we can, we can do uh, <laughs> a bit of blabbing, but no, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Um, no, because we're, we're talking about Christian stewardship principles and we wanted to kind of get into investing, right? So that, yeah. that's a question that people have. Can Christians invest? Right? Like, is that really a stewardly then... action to take for a Christian? Like if you say we got to be content, okay, good, but you can't be complacent. We got to take action, 
but it's got to be well thought out and reasoned. Uh, yeah. So should we invest? Yeah. And um, I mean, we have, there, there's a few examples. If you want, you know, just uh, like a text, right? Then you, you could look at the parable of the three stewards, as we often reference, um, where, again, the point of the parable isn't necessarily uh, the surface level that you get, right? But it's about using the talents, the opportunities that God has given to you. Yeah, maybe, to, um, I don't know where our listeners are at, but maybe you want to just define what a parable is, because... Um, oh, sure. So yeah, so a parable understand. is a um, is like a lesson wrapped up in a story. So Jesus used parables all the time. Um, but it's a story it, that would have been relevant to the listeners, right? Like somewhat, yeah. like a, a really easy to understand story that would have resonated yeah. with the listener. Yeah, I mean, they weren't always easy to understand. Like if you don't want, and that, I think, and Jesus addressed that yeah, too. Yeah, but right? they if you don't want to understand, you won't. But generally, yes, it should be uh, should be accessible for people. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was, and, yeah, exactly accessible. Uh, accessible um, to the folks at the time. Yeah, so Jesus used parables uh, as a as a a big way to explain, just to give lessons to people, right? And I think that's still true for today. If you want to give an example or teach somebody something, um, it's much easier to to tell them a story. People understand stories, and that resonates and it sticks in their mind much more than just facts. So. You're trying to get something across, tell it in a story format, and people will remember that as opposed to just uh, statistics or something like that. But yeah, yeah, Jesus used parables all the time, and there's there's so many different levels and layers in these parables. So the parable of the three stewards, um, and I, maybe we should just uh, kind of briefly retell the uh, the parable um, yeah. for people who might not be familiar. But yeah, we're we we're, need we're to have a master. third steward on this show to. I know. To fill us. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, a mascot or something. <laughs> Maybe we should advertise. Okay, we're looking for a third steward. <laughs> um, but <laughs> in this pair, it's the parable of a master, and he has three stewards, three fellows that are taking care of his household in some capacity, and he says, "I'm going away for a while, and uh, I'm going to give you uh, some money." Talents. So talent was not like an ability, but it was a measure of uh, money at the time. And they each got a certain amount of talents. And then uh, one of them invested wisely and got a very good return on the uh, money he had invested. The next one invested wisely as well. Didn't get quite the same return, but still did fairly well. And then the last yeah, one. Yeah, he also um, started out, they got different amounts, right? So the one started out with five. Um, yeah, and the other one yeah, but four. if you look on, uh, <laughs> I don't know, can we do ROI? <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't get into that, <laughs> right? But comparatively, one did better, one did, uh, one did pretty yeah. good, and then one uh, didn't do anything because, uh, yeah, he was, I guess, uh, we don't initially know, but he just kind of hid the money in the ground till the master came back, and then the master came back and he says, "Okay, show me what you've produced," and um, you know, the first two did well and he praised them even though there's differing amounts and then the last uh the last fella said well i was afraid and uh, of what you'd say and you're you're a harsh master and um so you know here's the money that you gave me and it was only a small amount 
but uh, the point is he didn't do anything with it. And the master, you know, obviously uh, got him in trouble and said, you know, especially like if you knew I was a harsh master, then you should have worked even harder to produce something good. Um, so in the first place, it's not about money. Money is the example that Jesus used, but he used many different examples, right? Agriculture and other things too. So that doesn't mean we have to apply those necessarily to that. Although there is, there is that aspect, but the first, um, the first lesson really is spiritual, right? Using the opportunities that God has given to you. And primarily that would be spreading the gospel, not even so much like using your natural abilities or whatever, but you know, we also have the parable of the sower and he reaps a harvest or he, uh, he sows and then eventually will reap a harvest. Um, you know, how are we sowing and what kind of harvest are we reaping in terms of spreading the gospel, telling other people? So I think yeah. that's the sort of primary lesson of that parable. But as always with parables, there's different layers. And we can also use that to kind of understand um, a little bit about finances, which is how we uh, how we're using it, right? That's the uh, so that's the parable of the the three stewards, very loosely. I mean, you should probably go read it yourself, <laughs> but yeah. loosely uh, paraphrased. And I think yeah, yeah the thing so... that we most often get from that is um, when God gives you opportunities or um, things to, you know, maybe it's wealth, whatever it is use them wisely and use them, you know, use them for his glory, but use them wisely and make the most of them. So do you yeah. agree, Brent? <laughs> I agree. I think there's a lot to study in this parable. Maybe we could do an episode on that entire parable. Um, we could, or we could just, thing. you know, but go to church. I think our question know. off the top was, should Christians invest in this parable is an yeah. example of, uh, illustrating an, an example of, um, yeah, putting your money to work so that it earns a return, right? Yeah, and I mean, Jesus also used this, like you said, it was easy to understand. People understood the context of that, and he didn't say you shouldn't invest. He used this specifically, I think, specifically because it would be easy for people to understand, and um, it was it's an acceptable practice. But it, yeah. it is something reasonable to do. He wouldn't have used that if, or he certainly he would have made the point that you shouldn't invest, but he didn't at all. He just said, this is yeah. a sort of the framework and um, this is a good and useful thing to do. Yeah. And then uh, like the, I guess to invest when your heart is set on the monetary reward solely um, uh, and I'm speaking about like loving money, right? Like serving money, doing yeah. the investment for the money, um, primarily or solely is, um, like, that's not what we're doing here, right? We're trying to avoid making money the idol. Like you mentioned, Mammon as a God in, in place, like in a substitute position for God in your life that you worship, that you serve. You wake up in the morning, you do something to get money um, for money's sake. Um, because we all do have to get up and work. We all have to um, like steward our time and talents like to do that. But um, And we get money as a result. Um, but when we serve money and when we idolize money, that's where uh, we go off the rails. 
And ultimately, you know, if you're serving money, really you're serving yourself, right? You're not, um, it's not like you're doing the bidding of a pile of uh, gold or something uh, for its own sake, but it's for your sake. So it could start out with intentions like it's for my, you know, for for my security or for my family's security, but then it very quickly can morph into something else. Yeah, yeah, it it becomes selfish, and it's the worship of self in in most cases, right? And people will frame it all kinds of different ways, like you know, you got to take care of yourself or um, live life the way that you want it, and you can only do that if you have financial. Well, that's why, like Jesus frequently says, how hard it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, just because when you have this wealth, you you tend to serve it, right, and you. Yeah, you put it in the place of God and then it takes over your life and you neglect uh, to serve God. And And it's also the pursuit of wealth too, right? We've talked before about building habits and how like, you know, if you're not, um, whatever, if you're not a cheerful giver now, when you're, let's say a needy student, uh, you're probably not going to be one later in life when you've achieved some degree of uh, success financially. Um, so in that pursuit of wealth, that's where you're building habits and that's where, you know, you kind of fill your mind because it's not, yeah, for a rich man, for sure. But for those aspiring to be rich as well, right? Like, why are you doing that and how hard are you working and how much of your life are you devoting um, to getting there, right? Because you, you often see that where people are absolutely consumed with building their net worth or you know, I'm going to retire before the time I'm 30 or, you know, whatever that goal is, right? Um, it's that pursuit that uh, really uh, focus focuses your mind and, and, yeah, the habits that you build in doing that, right? Where um, once you get there, then it's hard to, it's hard to lose those habits because you spent so much time. Um, it's just like working out a certain way, right? Once you, once you get to that end result is very hard to change your habits because that's how you've yeah. been for your whole life. So, yeah. Oh man. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that's not in the Bible, is it? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> not word for word. No, no. Um, but yeah, so investing can, can we invest? I guess is the, uh, did we address that? Yeah, yeah, I already um, asked you that four times. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we've, have we established then that uh, investing is uh, indeed okay? Um, I, yeah, provided I you so. have the right mindset, right? Yeah. As opposed to, uh, I can't remember, we talked about this this time or last time, where we talked about like, you know, people will say you shouldn't invest because God will take care of you and just let God provide. Right. And that's that. Yeah. I think that's a very complacent. Uh, some people are genuine in that. And some people are, are just being complacent or lazy, I think, when they say that. Yeah. And that is an excuse not to go out and not to achieve anything. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, it ultimately comes down to the attitude in your heart when you're investing or when you're seeking wealth that you're doing it uh, yeah, for the right reasons, I guess. It's not, how do you, <laughs> you cannot serve, like the, the Bible is very clear, you cannot serve 
God and money. So um, when you play that out in reality, it's like, uh, maybe we can just talk about this because a lot of the time, like a lot of your waking hours are spent pursuing money, right? Like for somebody, yeah. maybe, maybe um, like if you have a career, right? Um, if you're a student or if you're at home watching kids or like whatever, maybe you don't actively pursue money all day long, but for everyone in the workforce who is trying to either uh, run a business or work as an employee, like you spend a lot of your time uh, every day trying to get money. So it can very easily come into your head. Like, you know, today I'm getting up, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to get paid and it's my money and I'm going to do it at what I want. And then when you, when you, because investing is really taking that, accumulation of savings or wealth that you've already built up and then putting it to work for you. So when you, when you get to the step where you're actually investing the money now, um, you have this like sense in my heart, like this is my money and I worked hard for it. And, um, you know, I'm entitled to whatever with it. And, uh, it's a selfish attitude, right? Um, yeah. and that's really easy to slip into. Yeah, and I might go so far as to say, like, if you are not investing in whatever way, shape, or form, like, maybe you're being a little bit irresponsible, right? The Bible has plenty of examples of, like, that was also a pursuit um, that's always been a pursuit, not always for money, but for basic, uh, basic sustenance, right? And you read, you know, story after story in the Bible, Jesus tells parables about uh, workers in the vineyard, Right. So, yeah, people are working to make money. Um, That was like, it's just understood. That's, we devote a lot of our uh, time to doing that, whether that's working in our own vineyard or working in someone else's vineyard, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, You know, that's fine. The, the, you know, looking again through the whole Bible, everything you do, do it well and do it to the glory of God. So that means you probably should work hard at something and uh, make the most of the opportunities that you're given. And then that would include if you have accumulated spare ca- spare capital, but if you've accumulated capital that you don't need right now, you can let that sit. And we've talked about our money system. How yeah, that's especially if you relevant. Let that sit now, you're wasting it. Like you're, you're plainly wasting it because of inflation and money debasement. That money that you've worked for is just going to... Um, like what was the point of you working hard for that? There wasn't much point, right? And you're certainly not making the most of the opportunity that you have. If you have, um, if you have a nest egg or whatever you want to call it, then make the most of that. And that doesn't mean be obsessed with it, but just like with work, right? Make the most of it, work hard, but don't be obsessed with it. Anything that you have, don't be obsessed, right? Be obsessed with God. Um, but yeah, my, my point is like, I think there are certain circumstances where if you're not investing, you're not making the most of it and you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause stewarding your wealth wisely means like you're going into action, you're doing something. And in the context um, of today's world where money is based on nothing, right? Like we talked about this before, we're going to talk about it again because yep. um, we want to learn about it and we want people to be educated about it. Um, if your money can be printed into existence, 
uh, and you become aware of this through educating yourself, right? Like you're increasing your financial literacy, you're learning, hey, you know what? Like, you know, money's not really based on anything. That's one, like us just talking right now is like a light, it could be a light bulb, right? It's like, oh, you know, now what does stewarding my wealth wisely look like in a world where if I don't invest or if I don't do something with the money that I've been blessed with, it's going to lose value. Um, what does that look like, right? Like now I have to invest or now it's, it's the prudent thing to do is to put that money into something that does not lose value. Um, maybe that's yeah, just and that, do subliminal. No, no, I think you're right. And that doesn't always mean, <laughs> doesn't always mean that you're going to go um, like invest in mutual funds or which, you know, <laughs> maybe bad example, guess, but... real estate mark <laughs> no so it could be like you yeah you invest in real estate you invest in the stock market but you could also invest in kingdom work yeah right maybe that's the best use of the money at the time and obviously that means that that capital goes away but like you can go get more um yeah. that that could be also a very good use of it right so when we say in investing you know our focus is on real estate investing for, uh, with a Christian, uh, worldview. So we're always going to talk about that, but I just want to kind of put it out there. That's not always the only way that you can invest, right? If you invest. Yeah. In, like maybe the investment you need to make right now is taking some of that money and going on vacation with your family. Cause you never spend time. With <laughs> yeah. To it totally could be right. Or making, um, you know, people do renovations, to make their house nicer, but maybe you need to invest in hospitality in making a yeah. home that is more inviting and more accessible so that you can host people. Right. Or maybe you just have a bigger portion of your budget on, on, uh, on entertaining and not like, you know, having parties, but parties. like having, yeah. having people over and, uh, sharing gospel with them. So, um, but yeah, for our purposes, we're talking about financial investing, and I think for, like, we've laid out a lot of reasons. I, we've, I did that in uh, my book as well, like why I think real estate investing is the best um, vehicle for most middle class, for most regular people in, um, in North America anyways. Um, it just provides the best opportunities uh, for folks to, uh, to, to make the most of, um, yeah, of what they have, of their capital, of their investment. So, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe next time we talk about specifically how real estate fits into this. You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, yeah. <laughs> this is probably a good idea because uh, that could be a whole, yeah, like you said, a whole, uh, whole other episode. On itself, and then there's also the concept of um, of borrowing to invest, which uh, yeah can be. I you know I just I always took it for granted, but uh, there's there's some strong opinions about that as well. So I think yeah. maybe we'll delve into that next time because that that is an integral part of uh, real estate investing is uh, is borrowing, and you can have there can be good borrowing and uh, bad borrowing. So. Yeah, and for us to like make the show better and help more people, I think we'd really love to have feedback. 
Um, so if anybody has comments on what we're saying, um, has, you know, disagrees with what we're saying, um, we love to engage with that material. That's part of our learning too, and our journey. So, um, I mean, I try to put Mark on the spot and I think he does a better job putting me on the spot. <laughs> I didn't know about Spanish galleons and I'm not up to date on all the latest <laughs> Lord of the Rings, uh, Oh, Brent, so much to do. I mean, I need to invest in uh, some new movie nights with you, I think. Yeah, culture. (laughs) Uh, All right. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. uh, Wrap up there. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. Uh, Until next time, steward your wealth wisely. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely.